Welcome to this episode of Marvel Champions Podcast, a fan podcast from the Marvel Champions, the card game. I'm your host, Scott, and with me as always is the co-host, Ryan. Yep, I'm always here. <laughs> All right, Ryan, we, uh, we left off last episode talking about the first few scenarios, uh, villains, scenarios of next evolution so this time we're going to get into scenarios three four and five and i feel like these were not as much has been revealed on these we got a few good cards to kind of get a feel for each of them but i feel like the first two scenarios had a little more kind of a quantity of cards yeah i definitely think they kind of revealed more for the first two to get your appetite wet and then just kind of threw in some, Hey, these are the, the other three, which is kind of surprising. I think we've talked about it before now. They kind of revealed all of the villains and sometimes they like to hide, hide them for at least a little bit before it comes out. Yeah. It is nice that we at least know who all five villains are. For sure. But yeah, let's just, uh, let's hit the ground running and, uh, Scenario three is the Juggernaut. So that was a good little segue. Hit the ground running because we do have <laughs> an unstoppable Juggernaut. I need to. I need to. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. Do you want to kick us off and uh, kind of talk about his, I guess, his villain card and go from there? Sure. So you got yourself your Juggernaut. Um, as expected, he's got uh, attack <laughs> and not big on the thwart. Um, I think the big interesting thing about him is, number one, he's got a lot of health. He's got 18 health starting off. Um, and then he is, I guess, almost like a Drax in that he gets counters that increases his attack and just makes him uh, that much tougher, which makes sense as Juggernaut. I mean, that was his whole thing is he just, he's just strong. He's not unbeatable. He just gets stronger and stronger. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see how it plays out as a villain versus say like uh, Drax as the hero getting that bonus. Yeah, he does have a star against his attack, and it says that Juggernaut gets plus one attack for each momentum counter on there. And then also when revealed, so at the startup for the game, you place one momentum counter on him and give him a tough status card. So he's gonna automatically start out with three attack, which is. Pretty beefy for stage one. Yeah, for sure. And I'm, I'm assuming it's going to be similar to all of his stages. He's going to have this win revealed, place a momentum counter, and give him a tough status card. So he's going to be a lot of attack. And I think that, that fits the scenario. I mean, we don't have a whole lot, but based off the uh, the main scheme, it's, it's designed to not be threat out, but to just make him keep punching you in the face yeah you mentioned he's not the smartest uh, character and and his scheme and his main scheme kind of uh point to that because you can just keep letting it go and go and go but he's gonna he's gonna pop you in the mouth and make you pay for letting him scheme out um <clears throat> so that's what his forced interrupt on that one is so it says when this scheme would be completed um instead do each of the following and there's four things you remove all threat from here so you get a clean slate which is nice uh if juggernaut is exposed 
uh, a juggernaut exposed is in play, you flip it, and we'll get to that. That's an attachment that he has. And then you place one momentum counter on juggernaut, and the juggernaut attacks each player in player order, even if they are an alter ego. So brutal. That's brutal, dude. <clears throat> and it's not even like the good attack in alter ego where sometimes it'll say don't use a boost card <laughs> he's gonna come at you and it's gonna be at least in stage one at least three because he's gonna have at least one momentum counter on him oh yeah oh yeah man it's poof i do not want to be in alter ego when he attacks and and that's kind of the thing is since he doesn't scheme out he is designed to try to catch you off guard in that alter ego form and just just kill you and uh i think it would be fun to try to play with that i i like the idea of how the game it's you you go to alter ego and it's almost like a a safety net like okay i'm in alter ego now i can kind of recoup i can get my cards i can heal but this almost makes it dangerous to go in alter ego just to make it uh, nerve-wracking. I'm going to flip. I'm not safe because if something happens and he gets an advance, which destroys everybody in, like, say, a Rhino scenario, an advance in here would just absolutely devastate a player. Yeah, and, you know, looking at Juggernaut and kind of like when you're facing Rhino and he's got a charge on and you're like, it's not going to be too bad. I can try and chump block most of it. Um, they kind of were able to develop a way to kind of prevent you from doing that. So let's talk about Juggernaut's helmet. Mm -hmm. So this is a permanent um, attached to Juggernaut. Juggernaut gains stalwart and his attacks gain overkill. Oh gosh. So even if you're like, oh, I'll just let him attack me and I'll chump block with one of my allies. Yeah, that's not... (laughs) That's not going to be able to take most of that damage. Um, I do like this card, though, um, because of how they didn't just add Stalwart to Juggernaut on his main villain card. They were able to add it through this attachment. Um, So just like the kind of the cartoon, the comics, how do you defeat Juggernaut? You gotta take his helmet off. You gotta knock his helmet off. So that's kind of what they're doing here. So there's a hero action on that card, or this side of the card. It says, spend three resources of the same type, remove each momentum counter from Juggernaut, and flip this card. I think that's going to be pretty nice to be able to just wipe the momentum counters. But to me, that does say that there are going to be quite a bit of cards that are going to say, place a momentum counter on him so i could see him ramping up really quick if you're not careful and then once you get that helmet off him exposed it's again it's like a little breather he takes an additional damage for each card with a science resource printed printed science printed yes yeah so i think i think that's that's interesting just kind of not a not a blanket hey an additional damage and but, I, I would see that as like any card right so it could be an ally with, with a mental as a resource it could be an upgrade and it could be an event right i i would say so because it just says each card with a printed uh, science resource so i i think that could be upgrades or um, allies and such i agree 
All right. Now you talked about kind of flipping him or flipping down into Aldrigo and having a reprieve. Uh, but that exposed side does have a little bit of a downside. It says well, force response for his scheme after Juggernaut schemes, place one, one momentum counter on Juggernaut and flip this card. So if you go down and let him scheme, it lets him flip that helmet right back over and he's not Ooh. exposed for very long. Yeah, I, I see this as for solo players, solo one-handed, I see the potential of like potentially manipulating all this. But when you get into multiplayer and people are going to be flipping back and forth and stuff, I can see it really being a pain and just keep helmet on, helmet off, helmet on, helmet off, just constantly going back and forth. Yeah, that would be a downside because I know sometimes when we play, it's like, okay, I'm going to stay up this round. You go ahead and go down and mm-hmm. we'll we'll kind of plan for that. But you kind of have to, to plan and game for Juggernaut a little different. You almost have to go down together, hope the scheme doesn't go out, prep for a big turn, flip up, have somebody kind of waste most of their hand getting rid of his helmet and then trying to plan to stay up for a couple turns to do as much damage as possible. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I think, I think he might be an interesting, I'm, I'm looking forward to how he plays out just how the structure of the, the match goes um, and how it kind of just changes things up a little bit, especially with that threat of the alter ego. So I, I'm yeah. excited for this one. All right. Before we move on to our next scenario, Give me one character that's going to be, uh, is well suited to kind of game him and give me one character that might struggle with him. Ooh, um, <laughs> you caught me off guard on this okay, one. Okay, well, I'll help you a little bit. I think, um, Shadowcat's going to be, which thematically is kind of works, is going to be able to kind of game him a little bit because he can have a huge momentum counter count, huge attack, and she can just defend and not really worry mm. about it. I see. So if you have <clears throat> the heroes that can just instantly block an attack, right. are going to be are going to be good with him. Same thing with Colossus. I mean, you can just take a, a hit right to the face and have a tough, and it's not as big a deal. Um, yeah, unless yeah. he's got something that gains piercing, and that'd be bad. <laughs> yes, that that is very true. I'm wondering, kind of on the other flip side of that, if uh, let me see here. I'm I'm doing a quick look up here. If uh, Ant Man might be good because he's got his army of ants. Ah, no, they're a physical resource. If they were a science resource. I think his army of ants just doing that additional plus one would be awesome against him. Yeah, that'd be good. But Amen's good either way, so I mean you can always be good with him. That's true. I was hoping for that extra goodness. All right. Any last words for Juggernaut? Um I think I'm good. I think I'm ready to move on. Alright, I'm with you. I think this one's gonna be the one one of the ones I'm really looking forward to anticipating. I think it's going to be fun. Yeah. All oh, right, yeah. so let's move into who I think everyone thought was going to be the uh, going to be that last number five villain, but he shows up number four, and I wonder if he's going to you know play like a number five because he looks like he can get kind of crazy. And that is Mr. Yeah. Sinister. Um, so Mr. Sinister, he is a... Um, Two scheme, one attack villain. He's got 14 health uh, per player, so not too crazy. 
but he does have a force response of after a status card is placed on Mr. Sinister, place one threat on the main scheme, uh, which is kind of interesting because you're kind of getting penalized for giving him uh, confused or stun cards. Yeah, I, I like it when the designers put in the things that make tried and true strategies of players um, and kind of flips it on its head. So you had like your, your collector uh, one that kind of threw things off or in, in this where you can't just status card him to death. You, you pay a price for doing it. I like, I like that too. It, and it's not like, it's not bad. Well, we don't know if it's not bad because uh, unfortunately they didn't reveal his main scheme. So, Mm-hmm. For all we know, he could be like a taskmaster and have a scheme of or a max threat of twenty or something, or it could be you know real bad and like it could be multiples with all low values, kind of like a it was a crossbones or even like yeah. Ultron, where it's like three <laughs> per player. Yeah, I, I, I think that would be interesting to kind of bring back that small threshold uh, schemes. So they advance a lot quicker. Um, I, I feel like we haven't seen a lot of those, and and thus far, based off what I'm seeing with these, uh, the villains, most of them are going to be um, one or two main schemes. I think the second scenario and the third scenario are going to be just a one schemer. Yeah. Oh, sorry. No. No. The second one does have a, a second scheme, second main scheme. Yeah. Because it starts with the two B, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. It does, yeah. Okay. Um. So, Mister Sinister, he's like a geneticist, right? So he's all about stealing those those X genes from everybody. Um. And so he he looks kind of interesting because instead of just kind of making his main cards kind of do things, they've added in some encounter sets that look like they're going to do some pretty crazy modifications to, uh, to Mr. Sinister. And I'm going to talk about the first one of flight. So there's a flight encounter set and it looks like each of the first and they're all five cards is an attachment and it says setup attached to the villain permanent attached villain gains the aerial trait and the attached villains attacks gain overkill. And it also gives them a plus one attack. Um, I think these are really kind of neat. Um, I think they're going to kind of continue to build him up as the game goes on. Um, my theory would be that when his main schemes revealed during setup, you probably take one of these, you probably set them all aside and then take one, attach whatever the attachment is and then shuffle the remaining, uh, encounter set into the deck and then, probably a stage two or stage three, you're going to grab another one and attach it to him. So he's got two attachments and these attachments have no way of getting rid of them. They're just there. They're just permanent, which is kind of wild. Yeah. Um, I could, I could see that being something because one, one of it's uh, one of his just scenario treacheries is uh, genetic mastery, which points out those traits and so if minister uh mr sinister has any of those traits like flight has aerial 
it does additional stuff. And it sounds like he can have multiple different traits potentially, um, which will get really nasty as he, as he builds. Yeah. Cause he doesn't look too scary kind of his base card, but I think, I think these attachments and these genetic modifications are really going to mess with him. So the next one here they have is super strength. So same setup and permanent, but now he says the attached villain gains the brute trait and steady. And, you know, steady is where it requires two of a uh, status card to either stun or confuse, which is kind of a cool combo because that combos right back to his force response on, on his card. Um, so it's going to take two status cards to get him stunned or confused. And then you're having to add that additional threat to the main scheme. So I do like that interaction. That's kind of cool. Oh, that's, that's <clears throat> brutal. That's going to be interesting. Oh, and it, and it automatically gives him another plus one. So uh, yeah. plus one attack. Yeah. And then, so his, his next one is telepathy, which again, set up, attached to him, permanent, this time he gains the psionic ability or trait and has retaliate one. And so, and he gets a plus one scheme. So it's just another thing to be annoying as you play him. So I, and I mean, these are the, the three encounter sets they showed to us. And it, it looks like these might be the only three, but it's possible they could throw in another one or, or two. So it'll be interesting to see if they do that but even if they don't these are three encounter sets that don't look like they're villain specific and it might be interesting to throw telepathy on rhino or (laughs) or some of these other villains i mean oh man i i do not want to face uh super strength ronin (laughs) <laughs> let's get real you would definitely put flight on a rhino and then you'd have a giant flying rhino around new york city <laughs> oh man that'd be that'd be a nightmare <laughs> <laughs> yeah but i think i think you're right i think um if you've got any villains that just kind of seem a little weak out of the box you could definitely throw one of these in and uh they're going to get an automatic starting kind of upper hand than where they you know you're used to seeing them start yeah, it's it's a way to make it like expert difficulty without actually doing expert difficulty, and I, and I think that's one thing um, versus like standard and expert. It's um, well, I guess it's not expert. Expert, you just uh, go to stage two and stage three. It's uh, what's that? What's the other one? Heroic is that what you're Heroic, thinking? Heroic, yes. Where you're just adding more encounter cards. Yeah, you're just adding more encounter cards, and I'm I'm not a big fan of that. I like seeing the difficulty be within the actual villains, not with hey, here's just more encounter cards. More cards to deal with, yeah. Yeah, because that, that's the thing that I don't like about Ronin. It's just hey, here's another encounter card. Oh, here's another one. Here's another one. All oh, right. here's surge. Here's another four. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, because that card, the surge, surged. So. Oh, gosh. I mean, that's so... I, I like the these cards to be able to boost um, some weaker villains, um, but also just add new challenges in general. Yeah, I think, uh, I think this, this one scenario adds a lot of value for... Uh, the game as a whole, it's kind of nice because it can go refresh some of those older villains that you know you probably haven't thought about. It's been sitting away in the back in the shelf. Yeah. 
dust it off and, and kind of spice it up a little bit. I like that. Yeah, yeah. Will, will, will this be probably the best villain on this one? I'm, I'm not confident it will, but I, I agree that I think it might may bring uh, some of the more benefits to the game as a whole with these encounter sets. His encounter sets feel a lot like uh, how the hood was. You know, the hood mm, yeah. wasn't the greatest, but he added a lot of encounter sets that can really change up how some of the other villains played, and I think that uh, I think that adds a lot of value to the game. Yeah, yeah. So it'll be it'll be see fun to see the final product and how it plays out. But uh, I am I'm a fan of Mister Sinister, so we'll have to play him with Cyclops so that he can lose his glasses. <laughs> my glasses! I lost my, my glasses. glasses. Oh, no. My glasses. <laughs> His biggest weakness. His biggest his weakness. Uh, strong gust of wind and knock his glasses off. <laughs> All right, man. Well, let's, uh, let's go on and move on to this number five, the big bad, Strive. We interrupt this awesome podcast. Hey, everyone. It's Editing Scott from the Future. I just wanted to pause here and make a brief comment. In this next part, we're talking about Strife. You're going to hear the word hazard icon but we totally meant to say crisis icon. Strife's side schemes have crisis icons where you cannot remove threat off of the main scheme. That is all. Back to our awesome podcast. Strife. I don't know much about Strife. The only thing I've gathered is he's the clone of Cable. That's, and that's he, what I got, yeah. He's wearing a giant silver suit. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of like the was it is it Silver Samurai that's the yeah, one yeah. villain, yeah. But he does have a cape, so I mean he's gonna be pretty evil if he's got like an evil red villain cape going on. That's that's very true. Sinister, he's got his sinister cape. Oh dang, it's like a common theme in this box. Yeah, except for the uh, Marauders, don't look like they have capes. Are you sure but Harpoon they, doesn't have one? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm looking at Harpoon, and he, he's in the shadows, but, I mean, even if he did have a cape, he's got a Harpoon, so. Yeah, that's true. Maybe his Harpoon has a cape. That's, that's that, how he does it. it. Is. That, that's the real villain. It actually is the Harpoon. <laughs> the Harpoon. Yes, it's like a sentient Harpoon. Yeah, it's, it's <clears throat> Steve is the one that shoots it's it. It's, he's just an intern. <laughs> <laughs> All right, enough about Harpoon. Let's get back to Strife here. Uh, so Strife, uh, like you said, he's that fifth encounter uh, or scenario you face in the box. So he's that everything's leading up to this big battle. And, you know, I don't know what type of benefits are going to happen in this box, whether you're going to be souped up via maybe an upgrade, maybe a few upgrades, maybe some one-time random cards like Mutant Genesis. Um, but hopefully it's enough to kind of help you with him because just looking at his cards, he plays very different than your standard kind of rules uh, villain. He's got a lot of uh, out-of-the-norm kind of rules that you got to be aware of and and kind of navigate. <clears throat> yeah, he, he kind of has a little bit of that Magneto vibe where there's some other things you need to do before you can actually beat him. Um, so... His, his big thing is not only does he have his main schemes, as, as all villains do, um, but he's got side schemes that look like they come into play uh, at the beginning. I mean, from, from what I 
gather. Yeah, I would imagine he's got a part of his setup on on one A is probably put his uh, strife's grasp into play. And just looking at the art on the card, it, he's choking or holding Hope Summers kind of hostage. Yeah, looking at his pictures, that look like Cable's just kind of chilling <laughs> in the background. Well, it kind of looks like they just kind of blinked through a. Um, portal. A portal. And they're yeah. like, oh, dang, what's going on? Did I interrupt something? Beep, beep, beep. Yeah. So, so just, just kind of explain it. So his his 1B is what we have. And then basically, if it's got 9 uh, threat max, uh, 9 per player, and if it schemes out, you lose. But it doesn't go up like normal ones. I, this may be even one of the first ones that has a zero on it going up. Uh, technically, but, I think stage I two. Oh, you're right. I think it was an X. So it was in, with the Green Goblin. And, yeah. um, so th- it's, it's kind of the same. Yeah, yeah. Very similar. Um, but his big thing, and it, it, it rolls over into his uh, villain card as well, is it's all about the the most type of cards in your hand determines his power basically so in this case it says after resolving step one of the villain phase each player places x threat here where x is the number of cards of the most common type in their hand and then it gives you an option you uh, players may discard a card from their hand before calculating that x so if you have three upgrades in your hand you're putting three scheme on this and that's that's a lot (laughs) yeah i mean because we play a lot of we play a lot of two players so you know most of our stuff that we're going to reference is is in regards to a two-player game but if like if you have two and i have three i mean that's five five out of 18 i mean that's it's going quick. Yeah, that's just a couple turns until it's until it's bad. <laughs> and it and it, pun- it it like punishes you for just having luck, like having the the unfortunate benefit of having five events in your hand or something like that. You're just you're stuck. Right. It 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 hurts those upgrade characters. It hurts those event characters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so I think uh, Spectrum. She's like mostly events. That's really going to be rough on her if she has a bad hand. Yeah. Now it does benefit the players that have small hand sizes. I guess. <laughs> I mean, you get a spider and like a hand size of three, then. But uh... it, yeah. <clears throat> but it it does get better because the side scheme Strife's grasp has the. Uh, the exclamation mark. What is it called again? <laughs> it's a hazard. The hazard it's, icon. It's, it's not like I've played this game since <laughs> it came out. <laughs> but it has the hazard icon, so you can't even thwart it off. And uh, it's it's nasty. It's, so it's, it's four threat, but then it has a hinder six. So it's ten just for one hero. That's a lot of thwart. Ten is a lot. Race. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it, this is a it's a little rough, but I will say that the force response says after strife is defeated or 
the last threat is removed, then you flip the flip the side scheme to the other side. So it does give you an option of, hey, if you stink at thwarting, just beat the snot out of Strife, uh, even though he's got 15 health, which is a, a decent amount. Or if you're good at thwart, just thwart this thing off. But you ha- it's like a timer. You either have you have to do one of those two before yeah. that one B threats out. They yeah. can't even uh, reduce. Yeah, his first main scheme is kind of untouchable until you deal with with that. Or you decide to go straight for strife. Yeah, so you really have to play hard and fast. But the only upside is, so the other text on there is, Hope Summers can attack only strife and can thwart only this scheme, which is the side scheme. So that being said, you know at least Hope Summers encounter set is going to be added to this scenario. Yeah, she's an automatic for sure. <clears throat> but by adding her, she again adds that additional loss condition that you can't kill her. If she dies, you you lose the game. Yeah. yeah. So. so after uh, Strife's Grasp is flipped, hopefully before um, 1B skins out, it goes to Living Bomb, which is a... Uh, a very hopeful, uh, pun intended, uh, naming of a side scheme. <laughs> so once you flip this over, it has a victory one, um, and it says strife cannot be defeated. It's got the hazard symbol, and when it's revealed, you automatically flip to stage 2A and resolve whatever's going on there. And then it also has a hazard icon, so... And, and I would imagine this living bomb is the second side of Strife's Grasp, since it says yeah. to flip the card over. Yeah, it's, I think even the numbers are the same. Yeah, it's yeah, six, six and six. Of his encounter set. So you still have a hazard icon, which means you still can't touch the main scheme. <laughs> so if you yeah. did all your scheme just to get it to flip, you still got three that you've got to deal with until you can touch the main scheme. Yeah, you, you still have to deal with that little that little piece. And that will cut his uh, second stage is 2A to be revealed uh, over into 2B. This is left to your fate main scheme. It's got a threshold of 8. Um, it introduces his... He gains stalwart. Uh, so Strife gains stalwart. Uh, but each of your identity gets two uh, plus 2 hand size. Sounds nice. <laughs> yeah, it sounds nice until we talk about him attacking you here in a second. Um, but there's also a little bit of a downside. The You have to increase the resource cost to play each player card by one. And if this stage is completed, the players lose the game. So plus two hand size is pretty nice, but um, you do have a little bit of a cost uh, increase that you got to deal with. Uh, but you're not having to worry about the um, scheme going up by crazy amounts anymore because it's just going up by one per player per turn. Yeah, and it, it still has that if it completes, you lose the game threshold, which many, most, if if not almost all, have some form of that. Yeah. Um, so, but it, it kind of really doubles down on strife's actual 
villain ability, which is similar to 1B. Yeah, because so he, I mean, technically he's only attacking you for zero. So it would be zero plus a boost card, but he does have a star that says when Strife is attacking you, he gets plus X attack, where X is the number of cards of the most common type in your hand. So he could hypothetically be punching you for five, four, five plus a boost card, um, which would which would stink. That'd be awful. Yeah, I mean, and even if you are even worse, if you are in two B and you get that plus two hand size, that just increases your odds of getting a higher card type number. So now you're you're potentially getting seven. <laughs> damage or seven attack against you plus a boost if it was like worst case scenario your whole hand was one type of card right now you would have some benefit to characters that have lower hand sizes you know your spider or drax or somebody like that you hopefully might be able to take a little bit less of a of a big punch um the only benefit here is i mean i don't see any overkill so your kind of your standard methodology of defending and chump blocking um, kind of would apply with strife, so that is kind of nice. Even if he does have a big attack, he, there are, there are ways around it. Yeah, and it, I mean, there's always those characters that do better against that because he does have stalwart, so you're not going to be able to do much stun and thwarting because um, he gains stalwart with two B. Um, but yeah, your your characters like your Spider Man that just says backflip and just cancels it out. Boom, you're good. Yeah. Um. So that's that's gonna be a little rough at times, I'm sure. Yeah. Um. I mean, we only have a stage one card, but I imagine a stage two is gonna be maybe one more scheme and an attack of one with a star. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't think they're going to be doing much changing of the <clears throat> his ability. No, I agree. Uh, I mean, the one scheme is is not too bad. You can at least kind of flip down and hopefully take a little breather because, luckily, the star is only for his attack. Uh, but a threshold yeah. of of eight on that second main scheme isn't huge. I mean, yeah, it, it's not huge, but it. I would say it's standard. I would um, say, yeah. I mean, I think seven's the the lower end for a uh, if it skims out, you lose. So yeah. eight, eight seems pretty reasonable. Like you should be able to to handle that overall. Yeah, and with the two player game, like we play a lot of. I mean, sixteen. That's not too bad. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, he he definitely has a a unique thing that we haven't seen before. Um, so I do like that, and it can really make him really strong or kind of average depending on your your hand but for for me i think the biggest thing is that stage 1b in that timing element with it and strife's grasp and trying to take care of that before you lose i think that timing is that biggest thing for me yeah this one those hazard icons and how the potential of that scheme going up on this main scheme so fast, how, how can you manage and balance all that? It's going to be crazy. Oh, yeah. And so, 
I mean, we can't really tell with the cards we have, but my my fear is that it it becomes very your you got a race, and if you don't get it, it's just over, and there, there's no chance. And so it's uh, I'm my concern is that it, it's too hard overall, um, like a Ronin, where it, it's just it was just too hard to enjoy it's too much too fast yes where yes, exactly with most villains you can get a little bit of setup going before they really punch you in the face but like you mentioned ronan i mean if you're lucky if you can get one or two upgrades down in your initial turn and then you run the risk of getting attacked three times you know with four plus attack each time i mean you just can't survive it yeah yeah, so it, it'll be interesting, interesting to see how it's balanced out. Um, but I, I definitely think, I, I do like the idea of kind of like the Magneto and, and some other villains where it's not just punching him. There's there's a, a side element of how to, to navigate his, um, his scenario. Yeah, and for all we know, there could be more cards. There could be a, a uh, scenario, or sorry, campaign card that may have a, a downside. Like with Magneto, he, um, there was a card that would remove Steady. Well, I guess that's in his player kit, but it would remove Steady. So there could be something like that out there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think, um, I think probably the biggest thing that i've noticed from these that it'll be interesting to see how it plays out is playing him with rogue and uh getting the mutant liberation front trait that's a big one <laughs> that's a mouthful you you, ne- you never know what you can you can do with rogue with the mutant and liberation front yes that's true all right so um Overall, which which one of these villains you are you looking forward most to play out of these three? Um, I think I'm most I'm most on the edge of my seat with Strife. Um, that to, to see that timing element to play, I could see that being really good and it'd be a fun fun encounter. But I can also see it very being very frustrating. So I am curious about it. Um, out of the three we talked about, I think I might want to see how Juggernaut plays out. I think he might be the the leader thus far. And as a whole, I am very curious how these Marauders are going to play out the two scenarios to see if they're going to be just because it's the same villain, if they're going to feel too samey or if they're going to be unique enough to, to warrant the same villain set for two different encounters. Right. Well, the nice thing about that one is technically in the second scenario you you could be have seven different options for a, a main villain you know yes, yeah and then hopefully you're just not stuck with one with a f- horrible forced interrupt yeah yeah what about you man um i'm really looking forward on how i can deck build these to to like really try and mess up the uh the timing and the flow of, of these villains. I think, I think I'm very similar to you. Um, I'm very curious to see how Strife's going to play. If it's going to be just 
crazy scheme out within like two turns um and what we what you know a player can do to prevent that and then i think it's gonna be fun to mess with juggernaut trying to play with different heroes or allies with toughness how how many toughs can i get out on the board to kind of mess up his whole his whole shtick so um i think mr sinister is going to be an interesting one um playing with all his different uh genetic mutations all the special powers he's going to be getting so i think overall these all these villains look like they're gonna be fun and different to play so should be a good box yeah yeah i mean i i think Overall, I may be more excited for this box than I was Mutant Genesis. Um, I think Mutant Genesis just had a lot of uh, had a lot of scenarios that I felt were the same as others, um, and this one looks like it has uh, maybe some similarities, but there's there's a lot of differences as well, which hopefully will be refreshing. Yeah, and I think this is the first big box with the uh, the new designer. So hopefully that'll bring in some new kind of fresh ideas, slight different ways to do things. Um, yeah. Keep the game fresh. I mean, just looking at these, you know, at face value, I mean, it's nice to see that they're still having ideas and it's not just the don't scheme out and punch the villain in the face. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think that's, I mean, ultimately, that's what this game is. It is punching the villain in the face. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there's only so much design you can do other than that, um, versus like your, the their counterparts of uh, Arkham Horror card game and Lord of the Rings card game, where it's very story driven. And so they were able to to really go outside the box on some of those um, expansions and such. So I, I'm I'm curious to see how these go, and also see for the future and, and how they change the formula up, where it's not just punching someone in the face. But again, ultimately that that is what Marvel Champions is. You're you're pulling off big combos to punch people in the face. Yeah. That's uh, that's what I like to play, having that sweet perfect turn, where you need just that right um, a quantity of damage to to defeat the villain, and and you're able to, you know, do like twenty five damage. Yeah, because the next turn you would be dead, or you yeah. would scheme out or something. Yeah, it is fun when we when we play and we're like, well, can we beat him? How much can you do? How, how much can I do? And it's like, you know what? Let's just go for it. <laughs> And we just we just go all out and we end up winning by just enough. Yeah, yeah, that's always fun. All right, well, I'm really excited for this new box, and I uh, can't wait for for August to get here so we can play it. For sure. All right. We need to start now to ask our spouses to give us a a day to do this. Yeah, because this would be one we would. I would like to play it as one continuous campaign. Yeah, yeah. So, so that means we can't lose. We can't lose a juggernaut. <laughs> Have to replay him. Yeah. Oh, fun. 
All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode. Uh, We really appreciate it. And remember, if you don't want to be a chump anymore, listen to our podcast, and you can go from a chump to a champion. Thank you. Take care.